Welcome to the sermon podcast from First United Methodist Church in downtown Bentonville. If you have questions related to what you hear today, or just want to find out more about the ministries at First United Methodist Church, please visit us online at fumcbentonville.org, or check us out on Facebook, Instagram, or TikTok. As I invite our couple of panelists to come forward, um, we have spent June in this same story of Pentecost, uh, 2, 1 to 21 in Acts. And part of the reason that we've done that is so that we can see that the word has meaning to all kinds of people in all kinds of situations. In fact, I've put up here several Bible translations. These are all translations in English, but not one of them is exactly the same. And we've heard from three of these this, this month. We've heard from the Common English Bible, we've heard from First Nations, and we've heard from the English New Testament for the deaf. There's other ones up here. There's the Jefferson Bible that takes out all of the miracles. There's the LOL Cat Bible. Um, There is the Action Bible, which is the only Bible that my son has read cover to cover. And I will say, well, we were at an event, and he's answering all these Bible questions, just one right after the other. And everyone's like, of course, it's the pastor's kid, right? And I'm like, no, it was the Action Bible. (laughs) (laughs) So the point of this, though, has, has been to really claim that the story has a way of, of sharing meaning and shaping us in all kinds of different ways, and that we need to find ways to speak into that. So this past month, um, my Wednesday night Bible study has been translating Acts 2, 1 to 21 into words that would be meaningful for Bentonville, for this time, for this place. Now, we did make a decision. There's two different kinds of translations that you can do. There is a literal translation where you try to translate word for word as much as possible. And then there's a paraphrase. Many of you probably know the message. It's a paraphrase translation, which takes roughly the meaning of of the passage and puts it in ways that speak into a moment. And we mostly went paraphrase. We did do some literal, but we mostly went paraphrase. So I'm going to share with you for our reading of Scripture today First United Methodist Church, Bentonville's Wednesday night Bible study translation. And then we're going to share a little bit about how we came, made the decisions that we made. So hear now the word of the Lord. When the fulfillment of the Harvest Festival had come, marking 50 days from the resurrection, the 12 dudes were together in a room. And suddenly there was a sound like a tornado roaring like a freight train in the whole house where they were sitting. They saw a raging fire that split off his tongues and landed on each one of them. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they began to speak different languages. The Holy Spirit was giving them the power to do this. There were some religious Jews staying in Jerusalem from countries all over the Mediterranean world. When they heard the sound, those who gathered there were gobsmacked, and they couldn't for the life of them figure out what was going on, because each one heard them speaking in their own language. Hey, wait a second. Aren't aren't these guys all Galileans? So then how is it that we can all understand them? These people were from the areas now known as Iran, Iraq, Kuwait, Turkey, Syria, Italy, Egypt, India, Libya, Greece, Lebanon, Saudi Arabia, Palestine, and Israel. Yet we all hear them speaking in our own languages about the great things that God has done. Amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, What does this mean? Some made fun of them and said, They are drunk on Boone's farm. Then Peter stood up with the other eleven and shouted with bold confidence, Hey, y'all, listen. Let me tell you what this means. 
It may be 5 o'clock somewhere, but it's only 9 a.m. here. This is what the prophet Joel said centuries ago. God says, from now on, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will speak God's truth. Your millennials will see visions and your boomers will dream dreams. I will pour out my spirit on the homeless, the orphans, the beggars in the street, on the criminals and the prisoners. They will all speak God's truth. There will be miracles in the sky and on the earth, blood of fire and thick smoke. Nothing you expect to see will be seen. It will be really weird and frightening. It will be like the world turned upside down. But everyone who trusts in the Lord will be saved. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So if you'll grab your microphones. I have before us today um, Marie Clapper and Wesley Wells. They're two of the folks that were in our Bible study. And I'm just going to ask them to share a couple of uh, questions with us. I'm going to ask them and they'll, they'll share their reflections. So first question is, what did you learn about Pentecost or the Bible from this experience? It was uh, very educational for me. My knowledge of Pentecost had been limited. I knew that was the start of the church, but I had no idea how inclusive it was at the beginning even. And as Ken's song this morning, we're all in this together, that resonated through the whole chapter for me. It was a wonderful awakening. I agree. Um, I think we made the comment that we, oh, one week, that um, the church was inclusive at, as it, at its beginning and has obviously since become less inclusive. So <laughs> we're going the wrong direction. But... Um, the Bible as a whole um, is so interesting because we think of it, it, we have a tendency to think of it so reverentially, which, it, which we should, obviously, but um, it wasn't written in English. So why do, we hold, why do we hold it with such a closed fist instead of an open hand? That's a great, that's a great way of putting it, Wesley. So, so along those lines, we had a lot of fun doing this translation. I mean, it was, it was really, it was really powerful. So, what was your favorite piece we translated, and why? Well, um, there were several actually that I enjoyed. <laughs> you know, I'm a word person, Michelle. So right. this was like, wow, this is fabulous. Let's <laughs> dig into this. Uh, I think my favorite was the comparison of, or the inclusion of millennials and boomers. Um, you know, everyone wants to have vision, a vision. Everyone wants to have a dream, regardless of your age, regardless of your status. That was the point of the, the forming of the church. That was part of it. And it came through loud and clear with mentioning those particular generations. Yeah. yeah. yeah um, you actually took my answer. That was... <laughs> no, no, no. Um, but... As a proud millennial who, frankly, was in the group with a bunch of boomers, um, <laughs> I, I love that comparison because I've always thought, you know, the millennials are the generation that's going to change the world. I love my generation. I'm very, like I said, proud of it. But um, why not, again, why not be inclusive? Everybody has that power no matter how old or young you are. The old can dream dreams, the young can see visions, everybody, we have to have everybody working together. Yeah, that was really an interesting moment because um, <laughs> it was actually Wesley that came up with that 
And I remember, Marie, you were like, oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> um, and, and I just remember uh, thinking in that moment, because we were really debating. We were trying to be as inclusive in our translation as the moment of Pentecost was. There were moments where we were debating, you know, do we use men, women, you know, that sort of thing. And we were really debating, do we say elders and young, youth? How do we make this inclusive? And that's when uh, I think you had sort of some some Holy Spirit inspiration there to, to pull. And especially because they pulled these two generations that our culture pits against each other so much, um, you know, makes the boomers and millennials have this uh, supposed war. And so to bring them both together in this space, I thought really, really spoke to this moment. So my favorite translation moment was um, the Boone's Farm translation. Oh. Um, <laughs> and it was because, part of it was because it, in, in the translations that we were looking at, a lot of them said, they're drunk on new wine. And I said, what is up with the new wine? I did not know what, what was the point of new wine. So we took a moment and did some digging into, did some biblical research and found out that it's either, it's wine that's unfermented, which is pretty funny to be get, getting drunk on unfermented wine. Like that'd be like getting drunk on Welch's grape juice. So everybody look forward to communion. It's going to be wild times today, right? Um, but, but really it was, it was barely fermented. It was super sweet and it was cheap. So as we said, you know, this cheap, sweet wine, um, it was actually, I think, Jim Spears who said, it's like they're drinking Boone's Farm. And I said, ah, <laughs> it is. Um, and so it was really just taking that moment and thinking about how that parallels our reality. And that was, for me, one of those kind of really telling moments. I, I also noticed with when we were talking about the, the whole thing about um, they're drunk on new wine. Uh-huh. So often when we don't understand something, we come up with an excuse that is disparaging. Mm -hmm. And so that was what was done then. And although as a Chicagoan, I didn't know what Boone wine was. I said, is yeah. it like Ripple? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. But I did get the idea that criticism is so easy. Yeah. yeah. And understanding and communication is what we need. Right. And then we followed up with, you know, Peter does not respond in a way that speaks past them. He does not start out by saying, you know, this is, um, no, this is a Holy Spirit moment. We have these tongues of, no, no. He spoke right into where they were thinking. And that's when we came up with the translation of, it may be five o'clock somewhere, but it's only 9 a.m. here. Because Peter's defense was, they can't possibly be drunk. It's too early in the morning, Right. And, and so I love that he went where they were as well, which is kind of the overall point of this project that we had. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So uh, last question, um, how has this impacted how you think about this story or the Bible in general? Well, it makes me aware of the fact that I really like studying the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was my idea of a good time. <laughs> It's her five o'clock. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I think it was as we were walking out, you said you shouldn't be allowed to have this much fun in church. I know, yeah, really, it was great. Um, so, yeah. And there's so much I don't know. You know, my own ignorance and lack of knowledge was really apparent to me. So that gives me something to look forward to, more learning, yeah. more loving. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, again, the Bible is, it, it's great. It, it, it is inclusive. It has so much buried in it, but it's also easy to just 
read words on a page that were translated likely with some um, slant or bias. Um, because every version of the Bible, every translation of the Bible has, has a target audience and has a reason for, for doing it. I mean, take um, my favorite version, which is the NRSV, and put it up side by side against the ESV. And the ESV was honestly, specifically translated in response to the NRSV to be less inclusive of women. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so um, just looking at that, um, it, it makes me want to like dive deeper, figure out what, what is truly going on, not just read words on a page. Yeah. Yeah, and the way we did this, I was a little, I wasn't sure we were going to be able to pull this off, because I was the only one in the room that knew Greek, and usually that's what you do when you translate the Bible, you go to Greek and then go forward, Um, but instead we just brought tons of translations, English translations, and compared them, and then talked through how would we say this uh, in our time, and you're right, Wesley, every, every translation has a bias. Um, One of my professors would say, every translation is an interpretation. And so it's helpful to read more than one translation to expose where those biases really are, and then also to to give yourself an opening to come into it as well. So, yeah. Any other thoughts that either of you all would share about that? I hope we'll do this again. I really liked it. Join us next time. If If you do Wordle or Quirtle, (laughs) <laughs> or like to read or like to get into it, it's really great. Yeah, 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 yeah this was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed doing it. Um, maybe hanging out with a crowd that I don't normally spend a lot of time with at church. It was fun to, to build some, some more of those relationships. Yeah, absolutely. And I will say that one of the things about the Bible is it is supposed to engage us, right? It is supposed to have meaning for us. And I find that one of the most powerful ways that that happens is when we study it in a group Mm -hmm. because then you really get to hear all kinds of different perspectives and it takes on new meaning and it takes on new power for us. So it's, but it's only, can only be engaging if we can engage. So I want to share with you one thing. We, um, you know, we had this sermon that was given all in American Sign Language. Knowing that there are people in our community who are hard of hearing and have a difficult time hearing the sermons and hearing the worship. So we have bought a, a new device that's going to allow us to broadcast into their Bluetooth hearing aids through an app or into, into headphones through an app. We are going to install that this week. If you fit that criteria and you would like some help in installing the app and learning how it will work, uh, in the Sunday school hour next week is first Sunday, so we'll have uh, children first at 9 o'clock, and then we'll have the combined service at 11 in that Sunday school hour, if you'll come here, I'll, I'll stay in, in this room and help you figure all of that out and help you get hooked in. So we'll make it more accessible, which is part of what Pentecost is all about, right? Um, and then I want to tell you a couple of the, the, the uh, sermon series that are coming up. One is this coming Sunday, we start Choose Your Own Adventure Bible. Um, and we're going to actually imagine how some of the stories in the Bible that don't really end, we're going to imagine how they might end. Bring your phones or your devices because you're going to get to vote on how you think the, the story ends. So, so definitely do that. So that'll allow you to engage. And then because it is so important to study the Bible all together, starting in August, we are going to read the Bible through as a congregation. 
So get ready for that. Um, We are going to start with Matthew. We're going to do the New Testament first and then the Old Testament. I got nothing against the Old Testament except for if I ask people to start reading the Bible with the Old Testament, they really question my sanity by Leviticus and they hate me by numbers. So so let's start with Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John to to ease ourselves into that and then we'll learn um, some ways of reading through the Bible uh, together. So, um, so. I just want the. I just want everybody, and you're all, of course, welcome to come to my Wednesday night Bible study. Study the Bible together in different ways, and we'll have lots of ways um, to do that coming forward in this next week as well. Marie and Wesley, thank you so much for your energy and your time and your sharing in this service. But thank you also for coming before us today. Can we thank them? Thanks for listening to the sermon podcast from First United Methodist Church in downtown Bentonville. If you would like to let us know you were here, follow the link below to connect. To participate in worship through giving, you can give online at fumcbentonville.org or on Venmo at fumcbentonville. FUMC Bentonville welcomes all. Because we believe the communion table is God's table, we invite everyone into our church family. We welcome and celebrate every race, gender, gender identity, sexual orientation, marital status, age, physical and mental ability, national origin, economic station, and political ideology. We come together in action and outreach, aspiring to follow Jesus' example of radical hospitality, love, and grace as a transformative movement in our community. Please join us for worship on Sunday mornings at 9 and 11 a.m., both in person and on Facebook Live. All are welcome, and we'd love to have you with us. Grace and peace.